Hi folks, Johnny here. A lot to go over this week. The passing of two rock and roll legends, new albums for the week, and a few that are coming out soon. Some great podcasts and shows to check out that have music involved with them. A rock band celebrating their 50th anniversary. And a couple of anniversaries of shows that I went to that were from this past week. Please feel free to rate my podcast. Links are usually below the podcast. You can also get a hold of me through my email at ozomatfan87 at gmail.com. That is ozomatfan87 at gmail.com. You can also check out my Facebook page at Music Made Seeds. Also my YouTube channel at Music Seeds, the music that made us. And feel free to contribute to Patreon. The links will be below my podcast. I really enjoy all the feedback I'm hearing. Just received an email from somebody today. Without any further ado, here we go. Hi, this is Johnny. I'm your host, and you are listening to Music Seeds. The music that made us. Okay, folks, uh, first off, I read an article this past week about Aerosmith, who's going to be celebrating their 50th anniversary. Um, They're going to be coming out with reissues. Aerosmith is the only American band that has lasted 50 years with the original lineup still playing together. Uh, It's a mighty big accomplishment. Um, There's been a lot of bands that are still out there touring, yes, but do not have the original lineup from the beginning. So it's pretty cool to, to see that for 50 years they've been able to do this. And uh, it'll be really interesting to uh, hear these albums when they come out remastered. Also when they do come out and uh, reissue some of the unreleased material that came along with that. Um, as you may know, um, Aerosmith released some of their most successful albums um, through Geffen Records in the 80s and the 90s, um, including 1987's Permanent Vacation, which was five times platinum. Uh, 1989's Pump and 1993's Get a Grip, which were both seven times platinum. Um, however, the majority of their albums released were by Sony and Columbia Records, including um, such multi platinum sellers as their 1973 self titled debut, uh, Get Your Wings, 1975's Toys in the Attic, 1976 Rocks and uh, 1977's Draw the Line. And then eventually they went back to uh, Sony Columbia in 1997 and uh, were successful with the Nine Lives album. Notably, Aerosmith uh, was formed in 1970 in Boston and they have sold more than 150 million albums worldwide. The band is tied for the most um, RIAA album certifications by any American group with 25 gold, 18 platinum, and 12 multi-platinum and one diamond. Aerosmith has also placed 20 top 40 charting albums on the Billboard 200 chart. Pretty big accomplishment there. They also had multiple hits. Their most notable though, and their only number one, which ironically enough they never wrote, was Don't Want to Miss a Thing. Um, so that, anyway, for Aerosmith fans out there, this is a pretty big deal. Again, Aerosmith 50th anniversary. Just goes to show. Keep on rocking. So now going from the longest band that was together to the longest running rock and roll band of all time, unfortunately, one of the members passed away from that band this week. 
Charlie Watts from the Rolling Stones passed away due to some health complications. He was a major, major influence to obviously rock and roll. It's been amazing to see how the outpour of remorse, condolences all across the board. Some things that I wanted to bring up about Mr. Watts that a lot of people didn't know about, that he was originally trained to be a graphic artist. But when he was younger, he developed this interest with jazz at such a young age. And if anybody that is involved with music knows that he is a major influence to a lot of drummers because of that jazz influence. When he was at a young age, he joined a band called Blues Incorporated. And he also was, at that time, learning how to play drums through a lot of the um, rhythm and blues clubs that are around that time. But during that time, he met um, his future bandmates, uh, Jagger, uh, Richards, and the late Brian Jones. And back in 1963, he left the Blues Incorporated and he joined the Rolling Stones as their drummer and was their drummer ever since. And also, uh, another person that I mentioned before, Jeff Ament from Pearl Jam, he usually does a lot of designing for their record sleeves. Um, Watts also doubled as a designer for the record sleeves and their tour stages. And so, I mean, I just wanted to give a props out and give some information out there to, you know, you folks that maybe some things you didn't know about Mr. Watts. He will be very, very, very missed. And it'll be interesting to see if they continue on without him. And uh, may you rest in peace, Charlie. Another Rock and Roll Hall of Fame alumni that passed away this week. And one that many of modern generations do not know much about, unfortunately, is Don Everly of the Everly Brothers passed away at the age of 84 this past week. For those that may not know, um, they were a major influence to the Beatles and Simon and Garfunkel. Um, they both have marked um, them as a major influence into their music. I highly recommend diving into their catalog if you're really into harmony music. This is the, some of the best harmony music you could ever listen to. I'm fortunate enough to have a few of their records. I was listening to some today, in fact, and uh, reminded me how great their harmonies were. A thing that I was not aware about, though, that I wanted to throw up in this podcast for all my rock and roll fans out there, a lot of people don't realize is that uh, Don Everly's daughter was a major influence to one of the biggest songs ever in rock and roll. Don's daughter, Erin, um, was a model and actress in commercials. And in um, actually 1986, she met Axl Rose um, at a party before the band blew up. Um, she was only 19 at the time, and Axl was 24 when they met. Erin was also spending time like in New York, but permanently re- relocated to Los Angeles to continue the relationship with him. She reportedly took care of Axl before the band took off. Sweet Child of Mine started out as a circus riff for guitarist Slash, and he was working on it at the band's house at Sunset Strip in Los Angeles. Um, guitarist Italy Stradlin figured out some chords around the riff, and soon the song began to take shape. Meanwhile, upstairs, Axel was listening in and started incorporating a poem he'd been working on for Aaron to fit the song. So uh, there's some cool news, man. Sometimes you never know where songs come from, and little full circle right there with um, the very unfortunate passing of Mr. Don Everly. It's a little bit of tidbit of music for you folks. A couple concerts that uh, I had anniversaries for this past week that were pretty memorable concerts was uh, three years ago on the 18th and the 20th I went to see Pearl Jam at Wrigley Field. I brought that up in the previous podcast and that was an amazing show. I got to watch a lot of video and footage of things that people posted and up during that time and was really cool to kind of reminisce about that especially the rain issue we had on the second night there 
Another show that I'm very fortunate enough to see was four years ago. Me and my father went to see Bob Seger together. Um, it was a Father's Day gift from me and my siblings. And it was one of the most memorable shows ever in my life. I grew up listening to Bob Seger from my dad. We used to have like get-togethers at the house, and he'd always have that album play usually during the rotation of music he would be playing. Very fortunate enough to see Bob Seger, and very fortunate enough to see him with my father. Love you, Pops. I finally finished this week the third season of a show that I think is astounding, really well done, created by Jonathan Nolan, Christopher Nolan's brother. And what I really love besides just the storyline of this show and the concept of humanity and how we act with one another and how we, we treat one another. The this, this show Westworld is just a dive into our psyche in more ways than you could possibly imagine, and I recommend it very highly. But the reason I'm bringing it up in the podcast is it's one of these shows that has an amazing soundtrack to it. They take rock pop songs and put it with the score to the music with piano. It's so well done, very tastefully done in my opinion. But um, also, what I like about it is that every once in a while it'll pop up a song. And at the end of season three, Brain Damage by Pink Floyd was used. The quote that they used in it was, the lunatic is on the grass from the song. And, uh, but I wanted to go over some of the songs that were covered in these past three seasons that just, it's an amazing catalog of music. And if you get a chance, wherever you stream music, check out... Um, the Westworld soundtracks, a couple songs or a few songs being played in these seasons. Um, one that stands out considerably, me being a humongous Chris Cornell fan and obviously Soundgarden fan, uh, Black Hole Sun, Paint It Black by the Rolling Stones. Uh, that was used in um, the first episode of the season. Another band that I'm obviously very fond of that you've heard in the past uh, podcast, Radiohead. They use No Surprises. They use that in episode two. They've used The Cure before, A Forest by them, Nine Inch Nails, Something I Could Never Have, which very well done in there. They've used uh, House of the Rising Sun by The Animals, Back to Black by Amy Winehouse, Runaway by Kanye West, Seven Nation Army by White Stripes. They've used The Wu-Tang Clan, Heart Shaped Box by Nirvana, Dissolved Girl by Massive Attack, Common People by Pulp, that was so well done. Hunter by Bjork. Wicked Games by The Weeknd. Nightclubbing by Iggy Pop. Space Oddity by David Bowie was used so well in, in one of the episodes. I think that was the last season, yeah, episode five. And then um, Brain Damage, like I said, by Pink Floyd was used in the last episode for this last season. I'm hoping that they'll do more seasons, but the pandemic has pushed it back quite a bit. It's such a well-made show. Definitely for today's modern times is very impactful so check it out if you haven't um, again Westworld the soundtracks new albums for August 26 2021 Churches Screen Violence Olivio Rodrigo Brutal Jaden that's right Jaden Smith Summer Vistas what were you hoping to find Shannon and the Clams Year of the Spider Gorillas, a track Meanwhile, Angel Olsen, 
Eyes Without a Face. Another new track, Denny Elfman and Trent Reznor doing True. And a new track by Casey Musgraves, Justified. Turnstile, Glow On. And the final album that I wanted to bring out, Halsey's got a new album coming out tomorrow. And it's called If I Can't Have Love, I Want Power. The reason I'm really looking forward to this is because Trent Reznor and Atticus are behind it. And it has a who's who's list of some people I love as guest stars on it. Dave Grohl, Lindsey Buckingham, and Meat Beat Manifesto. Halsey's got this very unique voice and has managed to really put an earworm out there in the pop culture here in the last decade. So this should be an amazing album. It started out getting some controversy for the album cover. She is showing one breast holding a baby. Controversy can only mean good things, and especially when it comes to this artist, it should be hopefully an amazing album. Looking forward to checking it out. Up and coming albums that are not out yet that are going to be released. Like I mentioned, Casey Musgraves has got a new album coming out called Star Crossed. Her last album had a mess load of recognition and awards for it, and I've been a big fan of hers. Was lucky to check her out years ago here at a local festival, and she's blown up quite a bit since. One that I'm very much looking forward to that I already own on vinyl, but I'm sure a lot of you own in general, either through streaming or some old format, is that the Beatles are going to be re-releasing Let It Be, and it's going to be this uh, super deluxe release remastered, and it's also going to be in some new surround sound systems that are out there. Uh, Little Nas has got a new album coming out soon, so does Ed Sheeran, like I mentioned before. Nellie Heartland, the new Tony Bennett and Lady Gaga, Old Dominion new Robert Plant and Alison Krauss like I mentioned still waiting for that Metallica blacklist to come out here soon new James Blake new Brandy Carlisle new Imagine Dragons new Nathaniel Ratliff new Jerry Crantrell of Alison Change new Courtney Barnett new Billy Idol new Iron Maiden new Herb Albert new Andrew WK new War on Drugs and much more to come with this pandemic happening, there was a lot of people that were recording, so there should be even more releases coming out before the end of the year, I am sure. Other podcasts uh, I mentioned in the past and that I highly recommend, if you have not checked already, please do so. Quest Love Supreme, Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, Bouncing Forward with Amy Purdy, Smart List with Jason Bateman, Sean Hayes, and Will Arnett. Those are the ones I usually have on rotation, but I usually throw in at some other ones when I want to check them out. Some of the top podcasts that were music this week, uh, MTV's Behind the Music, Song Exploder, No Jumper, The Metallica Podcast, Dolly Parton's America, Million Dollars, Worth of Game, and The Joe Budden Podcast. Those are some ones that I have not checked out yet that I will hopefully do so here in the near future. I just like giving shouts out to people that uh, are also doing the work out there. I love how uh, we can get knowledge in all different kinds of places, whether it's through a documentary on TV, whether it is uh, some kind of TV show or format, movies, and of course, podcasts. The reason I bring up podcasts is because this past week I got to check out a really good one on Broken Record. Broken Record is a podcast that has Rick Rubin, Malcolm Gladwell and Bruce Hedlund. Some of the past podcasts have had Brian Eno, Daryl Hall, Jeff Goldblum, and one of my favorites, the Mark Ronson one, 
Mark Ronson obviously has his own podcast out that I recommended very highly before in past podcasts. The one this past week, though, that was with Bruce Hedlund was Lucas Nelson. Um, Lucas Nelson is the son of Willie Nelson, and I'm a big fan of Lucas Nelson and The Promise of the Real. This uh, episode, I highly recommend. I, I'm using this word a lot, highly recommend. It's just really well done. You get to go through and see what it was like for him to be raised by Willie Nelson and his mother. Just the struggles he went through trying to discover who he was. You know, to be in the light or shadow, as they might say, of one of the greatest musical performers of all time is not an easy thing, but for him to find his own sound and to find his own voice and some of the things he talks about in here um, and how he's helped him through his life and become becoming who he is and becoming the way he finds his own sound is some really great work here. If you get a chance, check it out. It's about 45 minutes long. And I really enjoy these Broken Record podcasts along with Questlove. Anything with music, I eat up. So if you love music like I do, please check them out. And with that being said, a few documentaries I got to check out in the past week or so. One that was recommended to me from my very good friend was Fake Famous. Um, how influence versus fame and how the struggles of either becoming an influencer or somebody that's famous and how art reflects on that. Is art more important to you, expressing art who you are and be staying true to yourself? Or is it more just to become famous and popular? Really delved into quite a bit of things that you don't think about. Um, it ends on this really interesting note because they weren't able to finish the documentary the way they wanted to. That shows what how the pandemic affected the documentary getting made. With music, there's a big thing with that now. Would you rather be an influencer or would you rather just be famous? Where does art versus just popularity break its line? We can go into a rabbit hole with that. But the documentary that is on HBO or HBO Max is called Fake Famous. Check it out. Another documentary checked out that started to check out is a series from PBS and it was on Apple TV. It was called Icon Photography and it shows the photographers that have worked with rock artists, whether it was for the promotional work involving the album or for touring or for just uh, magazines and things like that. If you love music and you love art, this is one right up your alley. Um, Icon Photography, check it out uh, wherever you uh, have your streaming services. And the last documentary that I'll be checking out this weekend is called Count Me In. You can have rhythm without music, but you can't have music without rhythm. It is a, ironically enough, a documentary It's dealing with drummers and how drummers influence the music and the sound that we listen to today. Um, some of the um, people that are going to be on there is Stuart Copeland, Taylor Hawkins, um, Topper Heaton, Jim Keltner, Nick Mason, Ian Price, Stephen Perkins, Chad Smith, Roger Taylor, and that's just to name a few. There's so many rock drummers out there, I mean, with Bonham, obviously the passing of Charlie this week, that we can go on and on how these people influenced us and how they became the sound we are. One of my favorite drummers that's out there, um, who I keep mentioning over and over and even mentioned in this podcast, is Quest Love. Anyway, I'm going to be checking that out this weekend. And uh, that's called Count Me In, and you can get that wherever your streaming services is. I did see it on Apple Music. So we're just talking about fake famous and how easy it is now for people to get famous off of just social media. Something that was brought up here yesterday to me, and I couldn't believe this was happening. 
I'm going to take some notes from an article from NPR, just so you know. Yesterday, I found out that the man that was photographed as the baby on the Nevermind cover is suing Nirvana for sexual exploitation. And I'm sure there's some people out there who are like, why are you bringing this out into the public even more? This guy's just looking for attention. Well, the reason I'm bringing it up is because we live in this era now where you can say anything, and the minute you say it, it's going to hit the mainstream. So doing your research and everything, there's a lot of things that come into play. The biggest thing is that there is many different views on many different things, and sometimes we push things too far, sometimes we don't push them far enough. Um, just so you know, the cover of Nevermind uh, came out in 1991. I talked about it in a podcast a few weeks back, um, since it's uh, celebrating its 30th anniversary along with some other major albums. It helped redefine rock music, but at that time it did have a four-month-old baby that was in a pool uh, appearing to swim after a dollar bill um, that was pierced with a fish hook. That baby, like I said before, is now 30 years old, and his name is Spencer Eldon. And uh, he is suing Nirvana for child exploitation and pornography, saying the man knowingly distributed the naked photo of Eldon as a baby and profited from it. Um, he is asking for $150,000 in damages from each of the defendants, which include members of the band, Kurt Cobain's estate, the photographer, Kirk Weddle, Universal Music, Geffen Records, Warner Records, and MCA Music. The cover of the photo was shot by Weddle, um, who was a friend of um, Eldon's father, ironically enough. The lawsuit accuses Weddle of producing a sexually graphic photo of Eldon, and it appears that there was initial pushback against it featuring Eldon's genitals on the album cover, and the plan was to place a sticker over it. Uh, the sticker, however, was never incorporated into the album cover, um, the lawsuit states. Eldon's parents also never signed a release authorizing use of the image, and Eldon himself never received any compensation for the lawsuit, says. Spencer's true identity and legal name are forever tied to the commercial sexploitation he experiences as a minor, Robert Lewis, who is Eldon's attorney, writes in the lawsuit. Lewis writes that Eldon has experienced emotional distress and an interference with emotional and occasional development. He was struggling with a sense to um, deal with his public image. The reason I bring this up is because at what point do you say to yourself, okay, yeah, maybe this kid does deserve some compensation for one of the most popular album covers of all time, and if he didn't receive any compensation for it since he was the model, hence in the cover of an, of the album, I would like to know what your thoughts are on this, so please feel free to get back to me. And one of the last things I wanted to bring up here was the way things are going right now in the world and our nation with the pandemic is some shows are now requiring for you to have your vaccination before you go to the show. Also to have a mask at some of these shows also. There's mixed reactions about this. Um, there's a lot of mixed reactions going on about the vaccination in general. I'm wondering as far as when you're going to a show, what do you feel about the vaccination process? With the abundance of festivals and shows that have happened, there's been some cancellations for shows and festivals. There's some places that require masks. There's some places that require, like I said before, having proof of vaccination. What are your thoughts on it? Where do you think this is going to lead in the future for shows? And where do you think this is going to lead in the future as far as the pandemic is going?
I know a lot of you have been thinking about a lot of those things. There's been a lot of struggles with differences out there as far as views and thoughts on it. You can feel it out there. You can hear it out there. You can see it out there. I use this podcast to kind of take a step back and kind of look at how we are treating one another and how we feel about one another when it involves music, but also how it makes us feel and makes our days better. I would hope that live music can be this experience where you can release the energy that you want when you go to it. But I feel like also this is going to be a struggle in the future to see where it goes. I miss a lot of shows. I'm missing a lot of artists that I would love to see live. Got to see a show last weekend. I'm going to bring up in the podcast that you'll be hearing following this one for next week. Um, we'll be talking about Rad Key. Me and JT Money got to go see them. Also, we'll be talking about the top soundtracks. So I look forward to talking more about music, talking about the issues that are out there involving music and the struggle to keep the freedom of expression alive. Would love to hear from you. I've said it before again. You know how to get a hold of me. The only thing I ask of you, as I always ask you at the end of the podcast, is do your best to take care of each other out there. Do your best to listen. Do your best to just try and understand one another. I know it's going to be harder as we go along, but um, using music to bridge that gap is something that I've tried to do with this podcast. And I hope that you you continue to reach out to me and hope you continue to try to do the best you can. Take care of each other out there. Look forward to hearing from you soon. Hi, this is Johnny. I'm your host, and you are listening to Music Seeds. The music that made us.